Good morning, you guys. It's your girl, Jasmine Rainey here with my co-host, Paisley. And this is The Soulcast, a podcast for the exploration of your soul. Good morning, Pace. Hey, Jazz. How are you feeling this morning? I know it's been a while since we last spoke. Yeah, I'm feeling super grounded. How are you feeling? In the process of getting grounded, uh, I'm always a little in the process of getting grounded once we have a Virgo moon because it triggers me to be hyper-focused and just, you know, real tunnel vision. Can you um, tell us a little, little bit about the Virgo moon? Okay, well then, yeah, let me uh, just give you guys some background information. Um, a Virgo moon is just like the Virgo sign. If any of you guys are Virgos or you know any Virgos in your personal life, then you probably know Virgos are very organized. They're very critical. They're very hardworking. They're very diligent. They're very grounded, very grounded people. And any a moon is in a particular zodiac sign, depending on your birth chart or how that sign you interact, that's going to kind of determine like more of your emotional state. So like I said, under the Virgo moon, because they are also the sign of communication, like a Gemini myself, I tend to be triggered to get pretty grounded and focused under their moons. So that's kind of what I mean by the Virgo moon, which kind of brings me up to the next subject matter, which is the retrograde that is starting. And I really wanted to uh, tap into a conversation about that with Paisley this morning, because there's a lot of heightened feelings and emotions that come up around the retrograde. And I kind of wanted to talk about what it feels like to be in the thick of those emotions. Um, I think a lot of times when we talk about our feelings and how to deal with them and how to address them, we talk about them in hindsight. We don't talk about them when they're actually in the motion. You know, emotions are energy in motion. We don't talk about what it feels like when we're in the motion of having those feelings. So I wanted to kind of tackle into that because we are about to retrograde. And I know me personally, I'm feeling a lot of different things going on inside of me and going on around me. And I wanted to share some of the ways that I'm kind of navigating those waters. Yeah, I had tweeted yesterday, I think, like I I can feel a shift happening. And a few people um, engaged with that tweet and said that they feel the same way. So it's definitely um, in there. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, I was just telling a couple clients of mine, and I was getting ready to share this on Instagram later. Um, rather, you're a Virgo. It really, when a retrograde happens, it it doesn't too much matter what your zodiac sign is. Um, it does kind of focus on where a particular sign shows up in your chart, but we're all affected by retrogrades, and retrogrades get a lot of bad slack because they make us so emotional and so many things come up, but I like to look at retrogrades as more of a reflection period, which is why I mentioned earlier that I'm in the process of getting grounded because I'm doing a lot of reflecting right now, and so that's what retrogrades are really about. It's a time for you to revisit, refocus, and with us coming into the last part of this year, that's going to be very important because I, I think a lot of us right now are feeling this urge to go, like, you know, when you're coming into the fourth quarter of a game or the fourth quarter of a school year or the fourth quarter of anything, you know, the initial thing to do is to finish strong, go hard, finish out, you know, with the best of what you got. But um, what I've been getting as far as intuitive downloads is this is more of a time for us as a collective to kind of like slow down, 
um, really take a look at where we are, take a look at where it is we're trying to go, and even take a look at where we come from so we can kind of get our ducks in the order. And I know that can be hard to navigate when we're all feeling so many things and we're on the threshold of so many things that can be hard to navigate. That's a perfect uh-huh. transition into um, our little discussion for the day, uh, how to navigate uh, your emotions in the actual moment. Yes, those fight and flight responses. Uh, mm-hmm. This past weekend, I, and I never got a chance, you guys, so y'all are tapping into this right when I'm talking to Paisley about it. Um, I actually had a trigger this past weekend that I've been in the process of digesting. And when I was in the process of it, that's when it hit me like, wow. You know, we coach people and we tell them to breathe and to count to 10, but no one talks about what it feels like when that emotion hits you before you even know that it's getting ready to come. And um, while I was trying to manage myself and regulate my emotions in the process, I told myself, wow, this is something that people need to hear about because the way it feels is a, a lot contrary to the way we talk about it. Yeah, it's that uh, in between time when your your brain has reached a new maturity, but your body hasn't caught up yet. Like mm-hmm. the physiological responses, right? It's mm-hmm. the the heart racing, it's the blood boiling, it's the the tremors, it's the shaking. Uh, while still trying to convince your brain that there's no threat. Exactly. Uh, And it's so funny you said that, Paisley, because I know um, when we were talking about the mind and we're talking about training our mind to think a different type of way and something that I always tell people is a large part of what we're dealing with here is that we don't know that there is even two minds. Well, Mm -hmm. I'm in the process of knowing that there's two minds. But like Paisley said, when you're going through the physiological effects of things, now our fight and our flight responses are being triggered. And we are in the process of having to choose to do what we've always done or to do something new. And it's that uh, little sacred moment where you have that slight window of opportunity to think before you react. Mm-hmm. Even though everything inside of you is calling you quote unquote default reaction. Right, right. And, and it's in my past life, before I was even practicing consciousness, before I was even practicing meditation, before I was practicing the pause, I was, I tend to be a very reactive person. And I realized the reason I was so reactive is because I didn't know that there was any other way that I could deal with this situation. There was any other thing that I could do. Now, at this particular season of my life, I'm aware that there's something I could do, but I promise you guys, it feels so much more comfortable, so much easier to go with what you know, to go with what you've always known. Even if you know something different, it, it, it is so much easier to fall back into uh, what your condition and the way you're accustomed to responding to situations have to do with neuroplasticity. Even when we talk about things like epigenetics, and these might be terms that go over a few of you guys' head, but they're definitely some terms I would encourage you on your own downtime to take the chance to really look into because the impact that it has on you and your ability to rewire is truly affected by these things, neuroplasticity plasticity and epigenetics. And I realized for me, um, you know, with me trying to come up with these new responses, like Paisley said, I am conditioning myself a different way, Paisley, and my ego steps up. What happens is um, I want to do this new thing. I know better. It's a completely different thing to be able to do better. And I think that disconnect comes in when our ego and our shadow self comes up and says, 
okay, you need to protect yourself. Okay, you need to cover yourself. Okay, we're in an unsafe situation. And anytime that you're getting ready to do something outside of your norm, you're going to feel like you're in an unsafe situation. That's why your fight or flight responses are being triggered. And getting past that ego, which is so loud, it's so aggressive, and it's so easier to lean into it because I think um, – even the ego gets a bad rep. You know, they say kill the ego, but uh, the ego isn't here to hurt anybody. Even the people that it does hurt, it, it's not here to really intentionally hurt anybody. It's just here to try and protect me. And I realized, okay, I'm not just reconditioning myself. I'm reconditioning my ego to realize there is a bigger picture here. There is a, a higher space that we could think of this situation from. And my ego is kind of like, are you sure? Are you sure, Jazz? I kind of want to jump in for a second because I want to talk about um, this concept of befriending your your ego. I am mm. really anti the kill your ego movement. Okay, <laughs> like you need your you need your ego, um, but I think that it's important to learn how to de- befriend your ego, right? Because when you are choosing something other than what your mind and body has always known, that is literally the trigger for your ego. Your ego is flight or flight fight. Mm-hmm. It regulates that, right? So you're doing something different and your ego is like, whoa, <laughs> hold right. up. That's not how we do things. Uh, they, they got you messed up. Um, and then it starts reminding you of all the times someone has hurt your feelings and they had you messed up and you didn't do anything. Do you remember what happened when you didn't do nothing at one time? You remember how that made you feel? Yes. You remember how bobble, blah, 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 blah. And so I think that's why it is so important to build a relationship with your ego because in those moments, that's when you check in and you start talking back like, yeah, I know that happened when I was seven. I know that hurt. I know that happened last week, but this is right now. And right now, um, we are safe. Right. We are protected. We are, that's where uh, mantras, uh, mantras aren't just good for making money. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's a perfect time to start. Um, I am safe. I am protected. I am grounded. So it's it's so important to highlight that, like, you need your ego. Your ego mm-hmm. um, keeps you safe in so many more situations than uh, what we acknowledge. But on the flip side, when your ego is warning you because you've had past negative experiences that are being triggered, um, that's a good time to be a friend to yourself. Right. Oh God, I love that. Um, I love that phrase you're using, being a friend to yourself. Because I was just um, I, when I was in this particular situation, you guys, this past weekend, where I was triggered by something. Um, nothing anybody did to me. It was something that I seen, and it uh, moved me in a way that I think one. That's another thing. Those unexpected triggers, like wow, I didn't see this coming. Um, getting comfortable with talking to yourself, kind of like Paisley said, befriending your ego. It's gonna take time for you to get comfortable with talking to yourself and being able to speak over yourself. And that's something I had to do. You know, I tried the breathing and the breathing was, the breathing helped with those physiological effects I was having with my Mm. heart racing and the anxiety I was feeling. The breathing, the breathing is for that. It's not going to stop the thoughts that are going through your mind, but I think uh, those mantras and those breathing and those counter to 10, they help to slow down the racing of those thoughts and the racing of those emotions so that you can really take the time to look at the situation and see it for what it really is versus what your mind or what your ego has formatted it to be 
kind of like Paisley said, realizing that I'm I'm not unsafe right now. I'm okay. Things are okay. Um, when you take that time for the pause and you take that time to breathe a little bit, I think it slows things down enough for you to have that internal dialogue and that conversation with your shadow self and that conversation with your ego self. And that was something that I needed to do. I think people who are like me that are reactive, we need that pause. And we need that pause because when you're a reactive person, how you immediately and initially see things, 90% of the time, it's not actually how they are. So I'm really in the process now, you guys, of trying to learn to process my feelings and process my thoughts before I decide what I want to do with them physically. That's so in, that's important, Jazz, because... I'm super reactive too. And one of the big things that has stood out to me lately is that when I'm reactive, I'm no longer in control. My circumstances are in control Mm -hmm. and I'm reacting to my circumstances. And when you allow yourself to take that pause, that allows you to respond. And when you're responding and not reacting, you Mm -hmm. are in control. And when you, you mentioned um, a couple of seconds ago, something about, you know, uh, it gives me time to accurately see this picture, you know, to to have a clear understanding of what's going on. But the other thing that it does is it empowers you to choose how you're going to see this situation. Right, right. And I think perception is everything. How we see situations, we um, I think that's why they tell you don't let your feelings run off with you. Don't let your thoughts run off with you. Because uh, we see a situation and... Like we said, if you're a reactive person, your immediate response is to react to what it is that you're seeing. Uh, When you give your time self to really process it, you can, like we said, determine if what you're seeing is fact or is it being kind of hazed over by your past experiences. That's another thing with ego. The ego tends to go off of what it's seen, felt, and heard in the past and determining from those past experiences whether or not this is safe or unsafe. And if this is unsafe, then this is how, that's when your shadow self steps in and say, okay, well, if this is unsafe, this is how we're going to protect ourselves. It takes your higher self to take that pause and realize, even if this is unsafe, um, am I going to give my power over to this unsafe situation that I am in? Or am I going to take my power back by one choosing to remove myself from the situation or two, choosing how I want to respond rather than how I want to react to the situation. That pause gives you grounds for so many things. And I think it's necessary because every move that we make, even when we're angry, anybody that's ever been in trouble for their anger or anybody that's ever lashed out can tell you, even when you're dealing with your quick responses and your snap responses and your snap reactions, you are accountable. Rather, you're right or wrong. You're always accountable for what you do. And if I'm always going to be accountable for what I do, then I can't um, I can't let things I can't afford to let things outside of me control me. You know, I can't afford to be a puppet to the experiences outside of me. And in order to do that, I have to take control over what's going on inside of me. So I think um, perception, a lot of how we're seeing the situation helps with how we decide to respond to a situation. So I definitely agree with you in that, Paisley. I definitely agree. Yeah. um, So you want to chat about some ways that you uh, work through that or practice that outside of those moments? Like I said, you guys, I really realized... um, the reason I was able to respond 
this past weekend rather than react is because I've been doing the work. And that's why I think it's so important for people to understand that anytime you come into any form of soul healing, any type of um, conscious thinking practices, it takes just that. It takes practice. It takes time because you are in the process of tearing down a lot of outdated thinking, a lot of outdated views, and you're rebuilding. And anytime something is being rebuilt, anytime any infrastructure is being built, we know that it takes time and it takes patience. And I really had to learn to be patient with myself. And when I'm outside of those experiences, I realize don't wait until you're triggered to practice your breathing. Don't wait until you're triggered to practice self-reflection. You want to start conditioning your body for that to become the norm. You want to start meditating early and practicing the pause early so that you can be proactive for situations when you're getting ready to run into them. Because like this past weekend showed me, you can't always predict what's around the corner. And um, the opposite of being reactive is to be proactive. So I think uh, taking that time to journal, to really sit with your thoughts. And please hear me when I tell you guys, oh my God, there are so many ugly ones. I think that's why we don't like to sit with our thoughts and why we do like to move on autopilot because there's so many and then there's so many that we're ashamed of or that we feel like, oh, I shouldn't even be thinking like that or, or that are just plain uncomfortable to even be dealing with. And I've learned to really sit with those uncomfortable ones because those are comfortable ones. Oftentimes when you're sitting with them, the physical sensations that you're feeling while you're visiting those uncomfortable thoughts are the same physical sensations you're going to deal with when you're triggered. Um, something else that has helped me a lot is writing things out. Being able to write things out helps me get the thoughts outside of my body and into the kind of physical realm. And it feels a little bit more tangible for me. Um, I'm, I'm just now over the last eight weeks, I'm really trying to get into the different panorama breathing, which is, um, I know it helps to regulate your nervous system. It's not something that I've mastered yet, but it is something that I ended up having to use this past weekend. So those are some of the things that I've done on my downtime. And even though I may not have seen the immediate progress or the process while I was going through life and when things weren't happening, I saw how they showed up and how they helped me when something did pop off. And so I just want to remind you guys that um, it may not feel useful when you're doing it, but it is useful when you start to look at it from the context of, wow, I'm reconditioning myself. I'm retraining myself. I am, in essence, rewiring my mind. Yeah, that. All of that is super dope. I, As we begin to wrap up, I want to tell you, like, I'm proud of you because that's the hard stuff. You know, that's the not glamorous stuff. Um, and I love you. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want people to ever think that soul care is an overnight process or it's a magical process you can sage your way through and get you some spiritual tools and it'll because even now uh days later i am still in the thick of processing those emotions do they feel as intense as they felt when it first came up of course not um and that's the funny thing feelings they do just that when you allow yourself to feel they will energy is always in motion they will come and they will go uh, but if you hold on to them and you try to repress them or you try to fight your way out of them, I think that's what prolongs it. Um, at this particular state, my body isn't necessarily feeling so physically moved. Um, it's just me sorting through the different thoughts. I feel very proud of myself to be able to take this pause because I know it's not something I was ever really good at in the past, but it's something Paisley has been working with me on and that we talk about a lot. 
And I just, uh, as this week goes out and as we move into this retrograde, understand that there will be a lot of things come up. And a retrograde is a time for the universe to ultimately test us to see what lessons have we fully learned and what lessons need to be revisited. And sometimes you may feel like you're you're in the same situation with a different person or you're in the same situation with the same person and you feel like, why can't I get out of it? I feel like a lot of the reasons we deal with repetitive situations is because we're constantly being presented with the opportunity to grow. Anytime we face challenges, we're being presented with the opportunity to stretch. And um, this retrograde, I feel like it will stretch us. It will stretch us a lot. And I just want to remind everybody as I remind myself to stay patient with yourself uh, slow down, um, think things through before you make your move. That's that's really what I'm taking from this situation and what I want to encourage anybody else to take from this situation because a shift is happening, Paisley. Uh, it definitely is. <laughs> that I think that is a beautiful transition to an ending. Um, be patient with yourself. Be kind with yourself. Um, feelings will most likely arise during the retrograde and work your way through, breathe your way through, journal your way through, um, love on yourself uh, as you go through. We love y'all. Thank you for tuning in. Sending you guys extra love.